Welcome to the Butterfly Broadcast, sharing stories of transformation after pregnancy and infant loss. I'm your host, Bailey DeMars. Speaking of transformations, this podcast is brought to you by perhaps the most transformative product that exists for your skin, Promycin, an acne treatment that actually works and fast. My cute husband has had acne since he was a teenager, and this summer he used Promycin, and for the first time ever, his back was clear. I'm not kidding. I saw a difference after one use, and five days later, the acne was gone. Promycin comes from the Cara Poloni skincare line, and I love and use all of her products, including micro needle powder cleanser, nano silver spray, healing facial serum, hydrating kiss mist spray, and their lip balm. My favorite part is that every ingredient is natural and supplied by the wholesaler Bulk Naturals. So get your skin transformation started at carapaloni.com or simply just Google Promyosin. Hello, welcome to the Butterfly Broadcast. I'm your host, Bailey DeMars, and today we have a very special guest, Holly Ann. She is tuning in from Kansas. I am so fortunate to be able to connect with her. She's someone that, again, I found on Instagram, and I am so grateful she responded to my message because I am very touched by the content she shares. So let's welcome Holly Ann. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I think it's so beautiful that, you know, you have such this unique platform and that this is what you have chosen to to share and cover because I think, you know, that's we're going to erase that stigma. And, um, you know, I think it's not always the easiest subject to um to talk about. And so the fact that you chose this as your, you know, Mrs. Utah um, platform, I think is just really incredible. So thanks for having me. Well, thank you. And right back at you. It's not easy to be vulnerable on the internet and put out content that, you know, is very near and dear to your heart, but you do so probably therapeutically and also to hopefully help somebody else. So I likewise give you props for that. And I have to also mention that Holly Ann is the author of a children's book. It's titled Some Babies. And she's going to tell us more about that a little bit later. But she not only has a Instagram page called Bloom Like Magnolia, but she, you know, has, I've seen she has merchandise, she has donation collection. She has her book out there. She is a wealth of knowledge. So let's get to know Holly Ann a little bit better. What are some interesting things about yourself? Yeah, first of all, that was a beautiful introduction. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So a little bit about me. I grew up in a very, very small town in Kansas. I had a graduating class of 25. Um, And in this small community, my family owned the newspaper business. And so, um, yeah, I always grew up around a printing press and, um, you know, just getting to know the local people and all their stories. So I think, you know, part of me sharing my story, I think, stems from just being surrounded 
by that such a young age. Um, another thing about me, I'm a big Swifty. Um, so I, you know, right now the Spotify wrapped is coming out. And so I was like eagerly waiting to see, um, you know, what percentage of, you know, Swifty I was. And I was in the top 3%, which, you know, could have been better, but you, you got to <laughs> make, you got to mix that with, you know, I'm honestly surprised that like wheels on the bus wasn't number one. So <laughs> I was just going to say, you've got to turn on things for your kids too. <laughs> right, right. So anyway, um, yeah, so that's just a little bit about me, kind of some fun little tidbits. I love that. And it's so fun because I know where I live in Utah, you know, I've got a lot of Swifties around me. And so it's so fun that it's something can, that connects women, you know, from all over the country, even all over the world. Yes. Between baby loss and Swifties. <laughs> you can find your people. <laughs> exactly. I love it. We, it's we so need to true. have the, you know, the friendship bracelets. We need to have like a baby loss, mm. and pregnancy, infant loss, um, you know, something that we exchange. I think that'd be cool. I love that. It's so true because sometimes you can identify a fellow lost mom by like a tattoo or certain jewelry or like, you know, if they're holding, you know, a stuffed animal or something. And I feel like the bracelet thing would be awesome too. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Genius. Okay. Well, I'd love for you to just dive in, you know, tell us a little bit about your family and your life and what life was like prior to Magnolia. Yeah. So my husband and I got married in 2018. He is my high school sweetheart. So, um, you know, like I said, small town, wasn't a lot of, you know, when, a class of 25, there's like not a ton of <laughs> options out there, but he actually went to um, my rival high school. And so I met him through uh, a mutual friend and we kind of followed each other. It just so like worked out. We followed each other to college together. And so really we grew up together. Um, although we've been married for five years, we've been together for 13 now, um, which is incredible. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was, um, following my dream as to be a teacher. So I was a first grade teacher. Um, we had gotten married. We were, you know, living that like married life of first apartment and first big, you know, big adult jobs. And I think everything was just sort of going to plan. I mean, it was kind of almost like sickingly sweet how like perfect it was. You know, it was like the high school sweetheart, the teacher marries the, he was like a science major. And um, so the next step was um, starting a family. And I'm such a planner, so it just made sense as far as, you know, that timeline. Um, so we found out we were pregnant actually on our anniversary, mm. which was so special. Um, 
we found out that she was going to be a baby girl, which we were both, you know, just thrilled with. Um, we had talked about names, which was such a difficult thing for us. But um, Magnolia was the name that we just both absolutely loved. So, um, you know, every ultrasound, every appointment, they were as normal as could be. Um, we had put together the crib. We began, you know, decorating the nursery. Um, and like I said, everything was on track until it wasn't. So I had stopped feeling Magnolia move. I was in the eighth month of my pregnancy and being a first time mom, you know, I thought she's probably just tired. I mean, you know, I, I thought maybe something was off, but I didn't know anybody who had experienced a stillbirth. And, and I kept telling myself, you know, it's, um, at the time it was 2021 and I thought, you know, babies, they just don't die. Like we have so much of, you know, we have so many resources and, and medicine has come so far, you know, babies, you just don't hear of babies dying. And so, um, you know, I kind of reluctantly and slowly thought, okay, we'll, we'll go to the hospital and just, just get it checked out. Um, and of course the whole time I was there, I kept thinking, oh, I don't want to bother anyone. I don't want them to think, you know, oh, she's a first time mom. She's just nervous. So when we arrived, you know, I put on a gown and I had told the nurses, yeah, you know, I just haven't felt her in a, in a while. And looking back, I remember how kind they were in that moment almost like too kind. And I think they knew, you know, this, this is not right. Um, so they placed the Doppler, um, to try to find her and it was just silence. Um, and you know, I think a lot of moms who have experienced this have a very shared experience of, there's a lot of silence. There's a lot of um, unknowns, and it feels like everything is going at a million miles an hour, but like it's the slowest minute of your life at the same time. So, you know, they kept searching for signs of life, and unfortunately, you know, I heard those words. You know, I'm so sorry. There is no heartbeat. Um. So, you know, soon after receiving that devastating news, we were presented with two options that should never be discussed together, giving birth and funeral arrangements. Uh, you know, and at that point, I had never given birth before, um, let alone to a baby who would never open her eyes or, you know, take her first breath. And so it was such an overwhelming um, experience. But, you know, even in the midst of that unimaginable pain, emotionally and physically, 
there was still that part of me that was eager to meet her. Um, you know, it's like, I felt as though, even though I hadn't seen her except for, you know, like the black and white, um, ultrasound, I felt like I knew her. And so, you know, such a mix of that excitement and grief and fear. Um, so after laboring for over 36 hours, uh, yeah, Um, Magnolia, uh, Magnolia's body entered the world, but her soul did not. Um, she was placed on my chest. And in that moment, I felt so much grief, but so much love. And even through the tears, the devastation, the darkness, I felt like a mother for the first time. I soaked in every detail. Um, I remember there was just like a little bit of her tongue sticking out of her lips. And I just thought, wow, that's like how incredible that I created something so, you know, someone so beautiful that even, you know, from her, from her eyes to her nose to these little taste buds on her tongue. Um, and so, yeah, it was, you know, I, I keep saying this over and over, but there was just so many mixed and complex emotions. I want to say it was one of the worst days of my life, but it was also one of the best days of my life because I got, you know, to meet my first daughter. Um, so yeah, after, after giving birth with her, we, you know, had to go home empty handed and I had never felt more isolated or more alone in that moment. And I personally find writing to be a very cathartic experience. And so I just began, began journaling, began sharing. Um, and I thought, you know what? I have like pictures that I want to share, but I just don't really know how to go about this, especially, you know, in a society where I didn't know anyone who had experienced this. And would people think, wow, this is, is this too much? Um, but I found through social media and through connection with other, you know, lost parents that there is this immense desire to feel connection. And so I created um, an Instagram. At first it was just Magnolia's mommy (laughs) was what it was called. And I was private. I didn't tell anyone about it. I just had it for myself. I shared pictures. I shared um, my writings. And it wasn't until I got the courage to, to tell my best friend, I said, I want you to read this. And when she did, she said, I think this needs to be public. And I think people would really, really um, would like to see inside your heart. And, you know, although those who don't understand may have 
difficulty trying to put themselves in your shoes, I think this is a beautiful opportunity to spread awareness and, um, you know, education. So um, that is how my Instagram started. And then as, you know, time goes on and I made connections and really kind of found, um, I guess my, my purpose with, with being Magnolia's mom, I realized that, you know, of course she was named after this beautiful flower. And I thought she you know, she was planted on earth to, to bloom in heaven. And I think it's really my purpose from here on out to bloom on earth for her. And so that is where Bloom Like Magnolia started. That's the most beautiful, like, verbiage I've ever heard. I love that. Oh. Well, and I just, I love your, um, I love analogies and, and symbolism and, um, I love your butterfly, um, you know, analogy and butterflies are, you know, a sign that I feel that, you know, Magnolia sends. And so, yeah, I just, I love that beautiful symbolism. It really is so interesting how many, lost moms connect to butterflies I've learned and and when I chose that analogy I had no idea and and now it's just been like really neat to see you know how that's like a common thread and so many people see their babies in butterflies and I love it that's uh you we actually did a butterfly release for Magnolia's celebration of life and I think there's something to be said about how gentle and fragile you know that butterflies are and then to also think about all all of the transformations that they go through and then us lost moms go through so yeah I, I I just love that and I also love to think about how you know, they say butterfly wings have a big effect on the ecosystem, you know, like the flap of the butterfly wing has a big effect. And, and so it's like you were saying, it's your job to carry Magnolia's, you know, effect on the world out for her, you know, she's not here. So you're doing that in her place. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yes. And it's, you know, it's such a, it's something that it took me some time to get there, you know, and I, I really want to, you know, make it clear that especially those, those parents who are just in the trenches of immense grief, you know, it is okay to not have this automatic sense of hope and meaning and you know I I you know toxic positivity is is something that I really I there's it's there's a fine line between that you know but I also want those who who are in those trenches to see 
that there is hope. And maybe you can't see it right now. Right now, maybe you won't even believe me. You know, I remember, I remember those stages of it's it can never get better from here. And I truly find that the the gifts I was given, you know, as far as being the strength to be able to share my story and the the resources I have created are truly from Magnolia. I feel like that is something that she has instilled in me. So um, with that said, I will talk just a little bit. Um, So you mentioned my book and um, it's kind of crazy how it came to fruition. But I had mentioned before that I was a first grade teacher and I was actually um, I was actually teaching while I was pregnant with Magnolia. And so um, it was such a such a unique circumstance because I was eight months pregnant and I left the classroom. And when I returned to the classroom, I was not pregnant and I didn't have a baby, um, you know, in my arms. And so... I I took some time off to grieve, but I knew that I needed to finish out the year with my students. That was really important for me to, you know, not not only for myself, but for them. I feel like we needed that closure. I feel like um, it was a confusing time for me. So, of course, it was a confusing time for um, my students and in fact I didn't realize until later many of my students thought that I had passed away Mm. um and I think it just you know it goes to show that as adults explaining to children life and death but not only that death of a baby and death of a baby in utero it's such a complex topic that is hard for anyone to understand let alone you know a six and seven year olds so um because I found that there was you know a huge stigma a lack of education behind pregnancy and infant loss I felt very unsupported in in that realm and whenever it came to teaching these first graders what had happened, um, you know, y- your first thought is, well, I'll go to the library <laughs> um, because surely there's a, there's a book on this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you go to the library and there's books on friendship and bullying and rainbows and flowers and there might even be books on grief and death, but typically for like a grandparent, um, something that's that's universal that we can all relate to. But there was just nothing for babies. Um, and, you know, even within the lost community, I know that there's a lot of resources on like sibling loss and books on sibling loss, but... I wanted something that was all-encompassing, all-inclusive of 
to just sort of just a very simple way to explain it. Um, So yeah, I decided to change that by writing my own. Um, And so much of what I wrote was really inspired by my students at the time. They focused so heavily on keeping Magnolia's memory alive from we would like go out to recess and one day I I had given them bubbles and they would say oh we're gonna blow bubbles to Magnolia today and you know I just so I mean just the innocence and the sweetness um I I had a I had a student who said, you know, I saw a shooting star last night and and I just knew that was Magnolia saying hello and they would look for red birds on the playground. They would draw red birds. They would draw Magnolia flowers. And so, so much of what is in my book is a lot of symbolism and, you know, exploring the signs that, you know, okay, our baby is no longer here, um, but we can still feel them around us. And yeah, so that is how some babies started. Um, and it, it talks about you know, the babies that are here Earthside and the babies that aren't that, you know, don't get to stay. And um, I became pregnant after our loss, which was one of the, you know, (laughs) one of the bravest things that I think anyone can do. Because there's so much fear, there's so much joy and excitement. Again, all of these feelings that just coexist. Um, But Magnolia sent us our rainbow baby, Miss Marigold. I love that name. Um, (laughs) So we call her Goldie. (laughs) And, um, you know, it's... She will be two in February. And... The book is so special to me now than ever before because, yes, of course, she's still a toddler, but she's really so curious about the world and she's starting to become more aware about the things that we have in our home, you know, to represent Magnolia. And so I love that I have this book and this resource that I get to share that with her and I think it's so beautiful that you know there are people around the world that have have this book and it you know it can hopefully bring some comfort and some healing um because it's something that I wish I would have had so that's how it started That is so tender. And as she grows older, I'm sure she'll grow in appreciation even more for the book and what what her mom has done to remember her sister. And, you know, Magnolia will be a a very common place in your 
household because you've created that, you know, and I was looking, it seems like your book is available on Amazon, correct? It is. And so um, something that I actually haven't even really announced yet, that is really exciting. So um, the book on Amazon is actually sold at cost. So this is like author's price. Um, I do not make a profit from it. Bloom Black Magnolia does not make a profit from it. I wanted this book to just get to as many people as possible. Um, and so, yeah, this is a, a fairly, a fairly new change that was made. You know, I truthfully hope that in the future I am able to like create other um, resources and maybe even like book formats so that it's even cheaper Um, so that you know anybody who wants it can have it and I am always accepting donations so the um, previously it was sold for five dollars more and all of that went back to purchasing books and so um pretty soon I'm so excited because I get to donate like over 200 books to um local hospitals um, and birthing centers and things like that so wow that is incredible thank you oh my goodness way to make that happen and it's amazing where your priorities are. Yeah. Um, I, it was, it was just something that has been on my heart for a while. And we actually experienced a miscarriage in August. Oh, I'm um, so sorry. Thank you. Um, you know, it was, it was one of those things where, at the time, it, it it didn't make sense, and I'm not saying that it, it makes sense now by any means. Um, but in a way, I feel connected to a wider range of lost lost parents um, because I've you know experienced really the the f- quite a quite a large realm in in the lost community. Um, but what I love about this book is that it's inclusive for any type of loss, no matter, you know, what gestation, um, it, it can be pregnancy loss, it can be infant loss. Um, and so we named our August baby, Baby Seedling. Um, but very recently, I wanted to create I wanted to incorporate, um, we just feel, I feel so strongly that it was another little girl. And I noticed that August's birth flower is a poppy. And so we've been using poppies to represent baby seedling. And, um, I think as time goes on, we might start, we might name her poppy and just kind of, um, incorporate her in that way. So, I've got, you know, my flowers, my magnolia, my marigold, 
and my poppy. So beautiful. (laughs) And, um, yeah, it's just, it's been a beautifully heartbreaking, unconventional way through motherhood. Um, And, because I've been trying to not use the word but, (laughs) and, um, you know, I'm... I'm so grateful for these opportunities. I'm grateful for connections with, you know, mothers like you and um, just getting the opportunity to continue to share the grief, the joy, the hope, the fear, um, the darkness and the light and, and everything in between and, and showing that it's okay to talk about your happiness and your joy and your celebrations. And it's okay to talk about the things that are not pretty. And, um, you know, not everything has to have a silver lining. And it can if you want. You know, it's it's your personal journey. And that's, you know, a universal human experience that we can all love and appreciate is, is everything that comes with it. So beautifully said, I could not sum that up better myself. <laughs> um, and I really do appreciate the way you are being so transparent about all spectrum of emotion. And it was so cool just reading on the Amazon link that you have reviews from the UK And who knows where all those thousands of followers from Instagram, where they are in the world. And it just takes someone who's been given gifts like you and like you said, to be open and transparent and normalize this situation because it's something that is just reality. And as much as we wish it would never happen anymore, it's going to happen. And so we can just strengthen one another through it, right? Absolutely. It's, you know, I'm sure you've heard, it's the worst club with the best members. It's a club no one ever asked to be in, but you're so grateful that, that you know, that you can be unified in, in this way. Um, yeah, it, it, it's such a unifying experience and... That's the beautiful thing about social media as much as, you know, as much as you, there are negative sides to it, it can be such a, a, a great connection for so many. Yes, I couldn't agree more. And so if somebody wanted to find you and um, they can find you at Bloom Like Magnolia, correct? Yes. Perfect. And... You've got your link tree where they can find some of your resources. I'll include that in the description. Is there any last words that you want to share? Oh, gosh. Um, (laughs) I am, like I said, just so, so grateful for those who have walked this path before me. Um, I have so many, you know, I've met so many incredible women who have really paved the way for 
having these conversations. Um, I'm incredibly grateful for, for those who walk this path with me, whether they have experienced loss or not. Having that support from friends and family who say, you know, I, there's no way I can understand, but I am willing to sit with you in your darkness and dance with you in your light. Um, and then, you know, to all of those who will walk this path after me, I hope that I've, you know, made a difference. I hope that, you know, my grandchildren and great-grandchildren and their sisters and friends who, you know, unfortunately will likely, you know, one of them, whether they experience it or know someone who will experience it, um, will feel less isolated and feel empowered to share their story. Well, I feel very confident you will have that effect and you already have. So I thank you for the, your bravery to do so. And, you know, I know that Magnolia is just so proud of her mommy and it's an honor to get to know her through you. So thank you so much for, for sharing about her today. Thank you so much, Bailey. You and I will stay in contact, but until then, we'll talk soon. All right. Sounds great. Thank you. Mm -hmm.